Tune into this week's Xamarin Show, where I have my good friend Rachel Kang on talking about how you can make your applications accessible. So tune in. Welcome back, everyone, to the Xamarin Show. I'm your host, James Montemagno. And today, I have my best friend in the entire world, Rachel Kang on. Rachel, how's it going? Hi, going well. How are you? I'm doing extremely well. And I'm so excited to have you here because from my understanding, you are like the accessibility expert on the Xamarin and .NET MAUI team. Is that correct? Well, yes, I have been learning a lot about accessibility recently. I'm really excited. Um, the whole team was just like, oh my goodness, like you gotta have <laughs> Rachel on the show. Um, and you're kind of newer to the, the team into Microsoft, correct? Yeah, I joined around seven, seven eight months ago now. Well, welcome. It's super excited mm -hmm. to have you on the team. And yeah, tell everyone a little bit about yourself and what you're working on. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on board. So I'm Rachel. I take she, her, hers. And I'm a software engineer on the Xamarin Forms team, which is becoming .NET MAUI soon. And I'm super excited to be on the show today to talk about the journey to accessible apps. Awesome. Yeah, I love this because it's definitely a main focus that I know I want to invest a lot more time myself on is accessibility and just having tips and tricks and someone sort of guide through the process. Um, I think I'm going to learn a lot today and I hope everyone else does too, but I'm really excited, Rachel. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited to show you what I have now. Um, so I have a few slides prepared here. Cool. And I'd love to first get started with setting the stage, especially for people who are just getting started on their journey to accessibility. I'm sure a lot of questions that come up at the beginning are along the lines of, you know, what do I really mean when I'm talking about accessible apps? Why should we be concerned with designing for accessibility? And how exactly can we achieve it? So to kind of put things into perspective a bit, there are over 1 billion people who currently experience some form of disability. And something to remember also is that disability itself is so far ranging. Um, the persona spectrum captures this pretty well. So disabilities can be permanent, temporary, situational, and they range across a large number of different abilities as well, such as the ability to touch, see, hear, speak, and so, so much more. And it's important that we remember this because designing for accessibility is also not even limited to people experiencing disabilities. The best solutions are ones that are inclusive of people of all identities and benefit everyone. And there are a lot of solutions out there that although they were initially designed with accessibility in mind, they benefit all of us on the day to day. And some that we might be familiar with are closed captioning on videos, the raise hand feature on Microsoft Teams, dark mode on devices, and even outside of the digital realm, you know, drop curbs on sidewalks and driveways and such. And for those who might be approaching this from a business perspective, there's also huge business opportunity here as well with hundreds of billions, which makes a lot of sense because when companies and products um, fall short of thinking about the 1 billion people who, you know, they want to um, design for accessibility, um, there's a lot that can be missed here. And not to mention that there are also a lot of growing number of legal consequences that can be faced. Um, and so with approaching accessible apps, there are so many things that might come to mind and it might be hard to think about where exactly to start. 
Um, but a one great place to start is with the web content accessibility guidelines. So these guidelines are a global accessibility standard and legal benchmark for both web and mobile. Oh, wow. And they're based on these four guiding principles that apps should be perceivable, operable, understandable, and robust. And anyone who looks into these guidelines can get lost in there forever because there's so many details and so many different metrics and guidelines and things like that. Um, and it can be very easy to get bogged down into guidelines and principles in general, as helpful as they are. So it's important to remember at the end of the day that empathy is truly the name of the game. Um, the reason why we care about this, the reason why we're doing this is because we care about the individuals who are using our apps. We care about all of them and we want to make sure that we design for them and that also includes accessibility. So in terms of accessibility, that means we have to understand the accessibility settings and features that our users might take advantage of, such as with screen readers and also with you know, connecting their keyboards via Bluetooth. And we should be familiar with these assistive technologies as well. And also research accessibility models and APIs and leverage the tools and resources available to us so that we can better design for accessibility overall. Yeah, that's a really good point because I think one thing is, as someone that doesn't use my device with these settings on, it's almost like a good challenge to make sure you know what's available. And um, I was working with uh, Saqib, who is from the Seeing AI team, and he was talking to me about how he uses his apps, um, apps on his phone and all the settings that, that he has on. And I one time about a year ago, I did a challenge, which was for a full day just use my device and my applications that I'm building and see mm -hmm. how, see how it goes. Why well, I can't, you know, put, you know, myself in someone's shoes, maybe with like a limited sight seeing uh, disabilities. Um, but um, I can at least try to experience what it is like. So that's it, really cool to kind of, and it's cool. There's guidelines out there and standards. Oh yeah, definitely. When we try to empathize with our users, we can definitely learn so much. Um, as you were saying, when people try screen readers for the first time, it's a totally different experience that there's a lot to learn from for sure. So moving on, um, I wanted to chat now about what we're doing about all of this. Um, and I'm so excited to share all of that I've been learning about these past several months and to show what we've been up to. So on Xamarin Forms, we have automation properties, tab index, and these properties um, help developers to make um, their apps more accessible in terms of screen readers and keyboard accessibility. So I'm gonna transition away to the documentation that we have for this now. And on our documentation here, you see that we have these automation properties for Xamarin Forms called is an accessibility tree, name, help text, and so forth. And these help developers to specify the text that they want read aloud by the screen readers in their app. And as for keyboard accessibility, we have something called tab index. Mm. And what tab index was meant to do is to help developers um, decide the order in which they want different things on their screen to be read aloud by screen readers and the order in which they wanted users using keyboards to be able to navigate through the different things on the screen. Okay, so it's actually two things, like you said, not only just how it's read back, but you were saying earlier that a lot of individuals 
connect Bluetooth keyboards, which I actually have not even thought of doing ever, but that's mm-hmm. pretty genius, especially for like iPads. And this mm-hmm. tab index and tab ordering guides that tabbing. Yep, exactly. Um, and I'll get more into this actually, because cool. this is what we have right now, but we've since learned a lot more about um, the different challenges that might arise with these current APIs. Cool. And so I'm going to go back to the slides now. And so as I was saying, we have these automation properties and the tab index. And with things that can't be achieved with those, developers have been using custom renderers and effects to take advantage of more properties that are available on the native level in terms of accessibility. Gotcha. And yeah. and. Recently, though, in talking with all of our customers, engaging with the community, and seeing what they've been, what their what their experience has been like in designing for accessibility, we've realized that we can be doing so much better. And we realized also along the same vein that on the native level, there's actually a lot that um, already kind of, I guess, goes well in terms of accessibility the default native accessibility experience is pretty solid. Hmm. And so as long as we are able to surface that up as best as we can, we can already have a very good starting point for accessibility. Cool. Yeah. Um, but what we realized is that we weren't doing the best job. So with tab index, for example, um, we were actually in certain instances getting in the way of what was happening on the native level. And in doing so, our developers were having some issues. Um, And since then, we've worked hard to kind of figure out what we can do to improve all of this. Hmm. So one, we highly recommend people to use Xamarin Forms 5 if you aren't on Xamarin Forms 5 already, because we've made a lot of accessibility fixes there. And we're continuously working on fixing the issues that the community is experiencing such as with this accessibility experimental flag that we'll be introducing soon that will further fix more issues with regard to accessibility. And instead of using this tab index property that I just mentioned, we recommend checking out this Ally Tools repository um, where we've been exploring new APIs um, that play around with where the focus should go and things like that. So I'm going to transition back to show you some of the stuff that we've been working on so cool. that people can check it out. All right. So that's awesome. Let me go back. Yep. I'm pretty excited because I've been building and shipping quite a few apps recently, and I'm already starting to think of things that I'm not doing. So I need to definitely start doing these. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in terms of in some of the new things we've been exploring, we have a spec here with some new accessibility properties and APIs we've been exploring. And we love for people to jump in, check this out, let us know what new things they want to see as well. And the Ally Tools repository I mentioned that has some cool stuff for better um, screen navigation with regard to accessibility is right here. My teammate Shane has worked um, a great job on this and We'd love for people to check this out and take advantage of these tools as well. And then with regard to the accessibility experimental flag that we've been working on, the PR is up and people can go and check it out and see the fixes that we're working on here as well. 
and stay tuned for when this comes out so you can activate that experimental flag. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I'm already on Xamarin Forms 5, so I'll definitely check this out as well um, to to kind of get more. And that's cool that there's like all these tools. There's a, it seems like there's a lot of work going into this, which is really awesome to see. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's been a lot of investigation that we've doing in the past several months, and we're so excited to just continue our learning journey with accessibility as well. Oh, awesome. Yeah, and we're especially excited to continue this with .NET Mali, which is kind of the next big thing for Xamarin Forms. Um, and I don't know if you've heard, but Preview 3 recently came out. Oh, yeah. Um, and I was especially excited about Preview 3 because we introduced, in, we introduced new things for accessibility for the first time in the .NET MALI previews. Um, so you can see here, we introduced new semantic properties for accessibility. And this PR with the new semantic properties made it in. And I'm so excited to share with you what we've got there today too. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so here, um, anyone can go check out the .NET 6, .NET 6 mobile samples if they haven't already. And I'm going to be showing you this sample and the semantic properties that we have implemented there. So I'm going to run the .NET 6 mobile sample app now on my Android device here. Okay. So you are running .NET 6 with .NET MAUI, and then you have your Pixel 4a plugged in with Visor, one of my favorite applications ever. I love yep. it. Perfect. So yeah. good. And I'm using this so that I'll, cause I'll be turning on the screen reader and you'll be able to hear what TalkBack is saying. Okay. Yep. So I'm going to use awesome.net command line tools to run the app. And one question here while this builds and deploys, is mm -hmm. this the best practice is to use a physical device? Can you do this on an emulator or is it only on device? Yeah, so in general, the apps can be deployed on emulators, but I'm working with the device because um, the screen reader test, testing with screen readers and testing for accessibility in general, it's really important to always be manually testing on a device. Gotcha. Cool. Yep. Awesome. Oh, there it is. Beautiful. Yep. Oh, my screen just blocked. Huh. Yep. So here we have the mobile sample. And I'm going to show you the code actually, so you can see where we added this magic property. And then I'll turn on TalkBack to show you what it sounds like. Okay. Yep. So jumping into the sample here. Oh, so here we have the content page. And as you can see, I added some semantic properties here, um, the semantic property description. So um, the talkback is going to read out heart when it is on the heart image, whereas without the semantic property, it wouldn't have announced that it was a heart at all. So people who are using a screen reader and not really aware of the presence of the heart wouldn't be aware of it beforehand. Hmm. And another semantic property we added here is on the .NET bot. So there's an image on the .NET bot and I'll go back to it so you can see it again. Um, but basically beforehand, when you're on the image, again, screen reader didn't read out anything out loud, but now it's going to read out that a cute .NET bot is waving hi to you. And last but not least, 
the third semantic property we introduced is heading level. Um, and so we can indicate that when we want a certain control to be a heading. And in the accessibility world, heading is a feature that enables screen reader users to skim through their content very quickly. Oh, cool. Awesome. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like a priority type of thing. Yeah. So if there are multiple things labeled heading, then it allows um, users to save swipes and kind of browse through just those headings, sort of like a table of content. Oh, awesome. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. So I'm going to now turn on voiceover. I mean, sorry, talk back for Android. Talk back on Maui. Welcome to .NET Maui heading. And I'm going to use one finger to swipe through my screen, and that's going to help me navigate through the page. And I want you to listen for heart. That will be read aloud when we're on the heart. And the cute.net bot waving hi to you when we get to the image. .NET 6 Preview 3. Heart. 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 So we're hearing the heart. And now I'm going to click on the image. Cute.net bot waving hi to you. And there we have it, a cute.net bot waving hi to you. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, super exciting. Um, I'm going to turn talk back off now. And I'm going to jump to the code to show you how we implemented these semantic properties. Oh, cool. Yeah. So here we have the Maui solution. And in the Maui solution, we created this semantics class. And in here, we implemented those properties I just showed you. The description property, hint property, is heading property. And we um, mapped it down to the different native um, equivalents. So for example, here, I have the place where we mapped it down to iOS. So the description maps down to what's called accessibility label on iOS. The hint maps down to accessibility hint on iOS, and the is heading maps down to the header accessibility trait on iOS. Okay. So as you can see, it's pretty straightforward. We try to map it pretty one-to-one -to, -one to native, because as, as I mentioned before, um, the native platforms do a pretty good job on their own. And on Android, we did something similar, where we mapped the description to the Android content description property and the heading to the set accessibility heading um, property. But so as you can see here, the hint property isn't here and that's because we implemented it elsewhere. Um, and the reason why we did this is because Android presented some different challenges that um, we approach differently. So on Android, the hint property we realized is actually visible. It's not just something that screen reader reads aloud. Mm -hmm. And depending on the control you use, especially with edit text and placeholder, there were some different unique situations there. So instead, we created this accessibility delegate because we wanted to access the uninitialized accessibility node info. And this allows us to access the hint text which is specific to the hint just for accessibility. Mm. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. That's cool that since, you know, since we have access to all those underlying native controls, you can really tap in to those native features. Yep. So that's how we went about doing that. Um, and the 
situation was similar with the heading as well. Um, and you might have noticed actually with heading that in addition to is heading, we had heading levels. And the only reason why we have that is because um, on WinUI, there are actually nine different levels of headings that are supported, wow. while on the mobile platforms, it's just a Boolean of whether or not there's a heading. And we wanted to make sure that we can support both of those, which is why we have these two. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to jump back to um, my slides now. And so as I just shared with you, we have this all new semantic properties class with these new semantic properties that you can check out and with more semantic properties that we'll, we will be adding to it. So I'm super excited to hear what everyone thinks about that and to see our developers start using that. And we're also excited to continue exploring new APIs and hope you'll join us in doing so in the Ally Tools repository I shared and also in the Xamarin Community Toolkit, there's an issue um, where we're exploring a new API for screen ordering as well. And I'm also excited to share that we're starting a new accessibility blog post series. And the first one was actually published just today. So I'm going to show you that right now because I'm super excited. Um, and there you can catch all the links to the things that I shared and the various things that I talked about today. So here on the Xamarin blog, you see I have the first accessibility post up about the journey to accessible apps. So be sure to check that out. And I'm super excited to hear what everyone thinks. And um, yeah, just let us know if you want to join our monthly accessibility calls and chat with us on GitHub, Discord, Twitter, and all that. Awesome. Thank you, Rachel. Yeah, this is great. I will put all of the links, everything that you showed in the description on Channel 9 and YouTube. Rachel, thank you so much for showing off all of this stuff. I'm, I'm going to go back to my apps tonight and start making them accessible. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely have you back on again once .MAUI is out so we can talk about the final features and walk through everything again. So make sure you tune in, you subscribe, you hit that notification bell for all the good things. Rachel, thank you so much one more time, and I can't wait to have you back. Thank you. All right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And as always, I really appreciate all the feedback, comments. Like I said, don't forget to subscribe and hit that notification bell. So until next time, I'm James Montemagno, and this has been The Xamarin Show. <laughs>